Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. On Tuesday, March the 21st, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And our top story today is that a damning report into the Met Police has found it's institutionally racist, sexist and homophobic. Baroness Louise Casey was asked to carry out a review following the murder of Sarah Everard by Wayne Cousins from Deal, who at the time was an officer. He's now serving a whole life term and was recently given a further sentence for indecent exposure crimes in the month before Sarah was killed. Well, today's report says some officers and staff are racist, there's a deep-seated homophobia in the force and that it failed to protect the public from officers who abuse women. Well, first, let's hear from the author of that report, Baroness Casey. What we have found right across the Met is institutional and systemic racism, sexism and homophobia. I think the culture of discrimination and prejudice is very clear, it's very evidenced in the report, it's very weighty with the evidence around those three issues in particular, where we have weighed up, you know, are there, not everybody in the Metropolitan Police is racist, definitely not, but do they have racists in their force? Yes, they do. Are there serving police officers and staff that experience, for example, misogyny or race or sexism? Yes, there is. Um, is there systemic problems? So, for example, if you're black, you're 81% more likely to be in the misconduct system than if you're white. That was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, and then finally, let's again take uh, both women or the black community. The fact that we do such a terrible service to women is in itself, we, we underprotect women in the community. And for black people, we know that they are underprotected and over-policed. So mm. the use of force, for example, from tasers, batons, um, handcuffing, you're much more likely to have that done to you if you're a black person than a white person. So mm. we have found that right across the organisation. And again, don't fight it, accept it and change it. Met Police Commissioner Sir Mark Rowley has also been responding to today's findings. This is a very, very worrying report. Um, I returned to policing after a few years out um, last September, um, recognising the challenges we face, and I'm resolved that we will reform policing. Um, and I know the vast majority of my people are. This is a very upsetting read. You can't read this report and not be um, upset, embarrassed, um, and humbled by some of what's been said. The one thing that's heartening in it for me, the evidence in this report comes from the men and women in my organisation who care deeply, who want us to do better, who want us to be different. And it's with my resolve and their resolve that we will reform the culture of the Met and we will do better for the people of London. Finally, we've been speaking to Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott to see how he thinks this report could impact other forces. Obviously, it's important to recognise that this is a report about London's Metropolitan Police, but it, there are lessons in there for all police forces because whilst the scale of the challenge in London is much more significant, we should not be complacent about the fact that we have to root out corrupt and criminal police officers and staff who are working in our own organisations. And Kent has done that uh, in the past. So I'll be making sure that I look at the report and its recommendations in detail uh, around vetting, around culture, to make sure that uh, we can be having absolute confidence uh, and trust that we're doing everything we can to root out those people who are causing harm 
to women and girls and causing harm to the reputation of policing. Yeah, I, I mean, the report mentions um, institutional racism, misogyny, homophobia. Um, how are you able to ensure that this hasn't sort of spread outside of the Met Police and also into, into Kent Police? We've had a very strong uh, culture here in Kent around rooting out this kind of uh, behaviour. We have proactive capabilities. Uh, we also have uh, whistleblowing functions so that people can have absolute confidence in reporting uh, and also investigations. But that, again, we should not be uh, complacent because we do still find uh, officers and staff occasionally who have fallen well short uh, of these behaviours. So we have been redoubling our efforts in recent years to make sure that those messages and those expectations uh, are communicated, but also rewarding and recognising those you know, hundreds of officers who will be out on the streets of Kent today doing really good work, tackling crime, supporting victims and putting themselves uh, in harm's way. Uh, so we have got to make sure that we all learn the lessons from this, but also focus on how we can work together to improve policing in London. Elsewhere, police in Maidstone have been criticised after sexual assault was listed on a poster as a non-emergency. A sign's been put up telling people to report some crimes online. It includes domestic abuse, fraud, antisocial behaviour and road traffic incidents. Kent Police say they always urge people to call 999 if they're in immediate danger and will continue to support victims. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a bus driver's gone on trial accused of causing the death of a Medway woman outside a railway station in London. 32-year-old Melissa Burr from Raynham was crossing the road when she was hit near London, Victoria in August 2021. A 60-year-old has denied dangerous driving. An elderly cyclist has been taken to hospital after falling off his bike while trying to avoid a car that was driving on the wrong side of the road in Medway. He suffered multiple injuries on Stoke Road in Who. The car failed to stop and police are now hunting the driver. A man's been charged with manslaughter following an attack in Stroud. It happened near Cuxton Road last November. A 38-year-old from Glasgow has appeared before magistrates in Maidstone and been remanded in custody. Police have been called to Northfleet after a house was targeted by attackers twice in one day. The windows and door of the property on Springhead Road were damaged when it happened late at night. A mum of four who lives there says it was terrifying. Officers are keen to hear from anyone with CCTV or doorbell camera footage. Meantime, police are investigating a sex attack on a teenage girl as she walked near marshes in All Hallows. Kent Online's been told she was able to fight off the attacker and run away after it happened on Binney Road last Thursday night. The suspect has been described as six foot tall, slim and wearing a dark hoodie and trousers. Now, next today, bosses at a swimming school say they've been left homeless after the sudden closure of a leisure centre in West Kent. We told you last week how the site in Edenbridge has shut after the company that runs it went into liquidation and there's no plan for the future. Well, Melinda Dunster is chair of the Edenbridge Piranhas and has been speaking to our reporter, Louis Walker. It's an absolute disaster, um, to be honest. We, um, you know, we, we're right in the middle of transitioning between the Kent Swimming uh, Championships and the regional. So we have three, four, five swimmers that need to be in the pool on a regular occasion um, in the next couple of months. But equally, you know, from a mental health point of view and a fitness point of view, you know, all of our swimmers are, you know, bereft, I would I would say, you know, we're, the, all the parents um, are desperately trying to find us pool time. We've been we've had some great communications from um, other clubs and other um, you know pools, private pools, even in houses who are offering us pool time, which is great. 
Um, but we need a long-term plan. We need to know that the uh, Leisure Centre will be opening, you know, sometime soon. Um, and if they want to improve it, like has been suggested, then absolutely brilliant. But we just need a pool. We need a home pool. It means everything to the kids and, you know, a lot, a lot also for the parents. And how did you actually find out in the first place that the Leisure Centre was going to close? Rumours from the members, from the parents who happened to be... Um, members of the gym in the club and they said we've been sent this communication and literally the only commu communication that they've had is um an email that says that came out on thursday afternoon and said the pool uh, sorry the leisure center um will be closed tomorrow and that's all that we've had from them um and we've obviously had that second hand through our members so no communication at all we don't know anything i don't know i don't know whether sensio know anything so we're completely at a loss. We don't know what we're planning for. We're trying to get pool time um, at, at, other, at other pools, as I said, but we don't know whether we're looking for a long-term plan or a short-term plan. Nobody has told us anything yet, probably because there's nothing to know. I don't know. Local MP Tom Tugendhat has promised to do all he can to help the venue and one in Seven Oaks, which is also closed. He's posted a video on his Instagram. I know how sad it is that uh, Sensio Community Leisure has had to close the Leisure Centre basically they've uh, run out of money so they've had to call in an insolvency practitioner that practitioner has now been appointed and they'll be helping sensio with the process we would expect to see them go into liquidation in the next few weeks now notices to those directly affected to provide further information will be sent out during the next two weeks and there's a dedicated email address for queries which i've included in the caption Firstly, I just want to say how sorry I am for all the staff at this extremely worrying time. I'm sure many of you, including me, uh, have used the Leisure Centre many times and appreciate all the work that they do. I know that my kids absolutely love the pool, particularly the kids' pool, the little elephant. So I hope that they will be back working soon. Now, as I've said, it's incredibly disappointing that Sensio have ended up in this position. Over the last few years, I have offered to help and tried to help on many different occasions with the challenges they faced and met with them very often to try to identify the support. In fact, the last time I met with them was only a few weeks ago. And that led to us achieving something which I thought was really important. In the budget just gone, uh, we managed to get £63 million for leisure centres with pools that face immediate cost pressures. Edenbridge would have met that criteria. So it's particularly disappointing they haven't been able to hold it together. Now, Seven Oaks District Council have also contributed £411,000 help through the lockdown with an extra £190,000 annual maintenance uh, grant alongside the annual management free fee. Looking ahead, well, it's important that we now focus on a new provider taking over Edenbridge Legend Centre so that it can open as soon as possible. Seven Oaks District Council own the building and I've already been in touch with its leader, Peter Fleming, who has confirmed that the council remain committed to either refurbishing or rebuilding the leisure centre. Kent Online reports. Four teenagers have been arrested after vapes were stolen and a shop worker attacked in Sittingbourne. It happened at a store on the high street. A group of boys aged between 14 and 17 have been questioned after being detained on suspicion of robbery. A 23-year-old man from Canterbury has been diagnosed with cancer after months 
months of struggling to see a doctor face to face. Carl Banville Winter had several phone appointments after suffering from chest pains and a bad cough, but eventually went to an urgent treatment centre where a scan revealed a tumour. He's been having chemo and radiotherapy. His mum is calling for symptoms in younger people to be taken more seriously. And in more health news, plans for a new GP surgery in part of Dover are going to be discussed this week amid concerns it'll cause noise and light pollution. Some residents are also worried about the amount of traffic going to and from the Whitfield Medical Centre. The people behind it say the facility is needed to cope with extra homes in the area. This is one of our most read stories on the site today. A tapas restaurant in Gravesend has been given a one-star hygiene rating after inspectors found out-of-date chicken and seafood, broken lights and a leaking roof. They visited Rico Sabor in February and also found some meat with no use-by labels. A report's revealed little progress had been made to address issues in a follow-up earlier this month. The owners have been contacted for a comment. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told Kent needs millions more pounds to deal with the number of potholes on our roads. 15,000 have been reported across the county since the start of December and it's all thanks to snow that you might remember we had at the start of winter and plenty of heavy rain since. Well, the government announced extra funding in last week's budget with Kent set to get around £6.5 million. Pounds. Ian Lancaster is from the Asphalt Industry Alliance. The alarm survey, as we call it, has been running now for 28 years. And it is, it's our mechanism of finding out the, the state and condition of local authority roads. And it gives us a, a picture of, of where we are in terms of what local authorities are receiving in terms of funding and what they say they, what they, say they need. So I think one of the figures that stood out to me the most was the three billion needed to get the roads back to a level that could then be maintained. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's an eye-watering figure, isn't it? Three billion pounds is the what we call the one-time catch-up cost. So if we manage to secure the the funding um, that is needed by local authorities within the southeast, that would come to three billion pounds. And that's a quarter of the catch-up costs for the whole of the UK. Equally, it's not just about the money, it's about the time. So if we got that £3 billion to fix the roads in the southeast area, it would actually take 14 years to do. It makes pretty, pretty grim reading, I'm afraid. And so the other thing I wanted to talk about was the funding. Obviously, we've had the spring budget, £200 million, a share of for the local authorities. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's a step in the right direction, um, but it's a very, very small step in the right direction. And we have to get out of this perception that potholes are inevitable because they really aren't. Nobody wants to see a, a road surface fail. No local authority really wants to spend its time answering the phone to the public, dashing out, fixing a pothole. They would far rather do it in a, a proactive, preventive way. So really, would you say that a call for the changes to the way the budget is done is really the next steps after this survey? Yes, it is. And that's what we're all about within the AIA. We are there to put out the, the view that we have that things have to change. The next stage is to take that to, to government and lay the cards on the table. Um, all that we would ask is that when, when local authorities set out their budgets, they allocate the, the right amounts to road maintenance. 
And if they don't feel that they have the funding, the right levels of funding, then they need to shout about it. We've also been chatting to Councillor David Brazier, who's the Cabinet Member for Highways and Transport at the County Council. We have not had an exceptional number of potholes over this winter. It's the lowest figure for some time, but we did have an enormous peak in December where there was a period of very cold weather, which causes the uh, surface of the highway to contract, uh, followed by a warmer period during which, of course, the surface expands again, followed by another cold spell, but all the time, all the time, torrential rain, uh, it is the ideal conditions for a rash of potholes. We have had something like 15,000 potholes uh, reported between the 1st of December and um, well, a couple of days ago. And we are making a steady way through, through that list. With the exception of two of the districts in Kent, we are repairing more potholes than are being reported. So we are uh, well ahead of the game now. We have our term contractors, Amy, and a number of um, smaller kin-based contractors uh, out dealing with the potholes that we have on the basis of severity. So the, uh, the more severe areas are being dealt with before less severe areas. Now, if you do spot a pothole or damage to a road, you can report it on the council's website. Jackie Yip noticed the issue was getting so bad where she lived in the west of the county, she started documenting it by taking pictures of the roads. Uh, I've been noticing quite a lot of potholes over many years now, but uh, I think this recent uh, uh, winter has made the potholes uh, worsen, a lot more worse, and nothing has been done for the past three winters. Uh, and we, the community around Tunbridge Wells have, uh, many people have complained about the potholes, but nothing has been actioned. Yeah, and um, so in last, uh, uh, last couple of months ago, um, I approached, I think in December, I approached uh, one of your, you know, to write to Ken online. And uh, Mr. Allen picked up, uh, you know, responded to me, your uh, senior journalist there. And he encouraged me to take some photo evidence to prove like what I was saying. And one of the things that was highlighted uh, for me to actually write and write to Mr. Allen was because um, our, we just got our house uh, remortgaged, so therefore needed a, a surveyor to come and survey the house. And the surveyor said, oh, everything looks okay, your house looks nice and everything. But, and, but then I have to say that the road leading to your house uh, will kind of pull down the value of your house. Well, we'd love to know what you think about the state of Kent's roads and if you've ever had a car damage by a pothole, maybe. It can get in touch with us by commenting on the story on Kent Online or messaging via our socials.
Kent Online reports. There are concerns about a 5G mast being installed near Folkestone despite the government saying the tech doesn't pose a health risk. It would be the height of almost four double-decker buses on top of each other and is designed to improve mobile internet coverage. The town council have objected because they're worried about the impact on children and wildlife. The company behind it say it's safe. Anyone caught illegally using a bus lane or gate in part of Tunbridge Wells could face a fine from today. Around 6,000 warning letters have been sent out to people ignoring the restrictions on Mount Pleasant Road over the past month alone. Council bosses say some vehicles are doing it multiple times a day and they've set up CCTV cameras to crack down on the problem. Kent charity Demelza are going to be dropping the word hospice from their logo to try and reflect the wide range of work that they do. They're rebranding on their 25th anniversary to try and get rid of people's misconceptions about end-of-life care for children. Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe is one of their supporters and has narrated a short film to show the services they offer, including creative therapies and bereavement support. A new site is opening in Tunbridge Wells to try and help families who are struggling with the cost of living crisis. Citizens Advice are expanding their service with a bigger office in the Royal Victoria Place shopping centre. They helped more than 14,000 people across North and West Kent last year and say more than half were at direct risk of becoming homeless. And the podcast has been told a lack of green spaces is leading to young people having what's called climate anxiety. Research by the Woodland Trust has found one in three are scared, sad or pessimistic about climate change. Almost a quarter of 16 to 24-year-olds said they'd already decided to have fewer children based on fears over the environment. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham will be looking to bounce straight back from the weekend's defeat as they welcome Crew Alexandra to Priestfield tonight. The opposition are just two places and four points above the Jills in the League Two table. Jills manager Neil Harris has been speaking to our reporter Luke Corder. For us it's just about um, being safe this year and then building momentum going into next season and that's it and today is just that little bump in the road um, and, that, and we have to make sure it stays like that. They usually bounce back don't they so you must be fairly confident for Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to overthink it at this moment Luke. Um, I've, been, I've had my critical say and now I've had my positive say on how great they've been um, and then I have to pick the right team for Tuesday night um, but then it is in some ways as a manager you then pick your team and slip out the changer and say lads come on it's now about you and they've done it brilliantly they've done it in training sessions they've done it in games um, they've done it as a group and now the question is come in let's do it again and you've got options if you do want to change haven't you when you're thinking on the bus who do it will bring in if anyone you've got those players even players not even in the squad today like Ethan Cobb Yes, yeah, yeah. O- opportunity to freshen up, to change, uh, to change shapes, to whatever I want to do. Yes, of course, the, the, op- the options are there. Um, what I will be reminding myself on the bus on the way home is these lads have done great. <laughs> They've done great. So uh, no, no knee jerk. It's important that I let them know what I feel after a game um, with the right context, and I've done that. Um, and then it becomes about you know, quickly switching my attention um, to reviewing that on the bus on the way home and then planning for crew and like it's, like you said and I've said is making sure that, that I pick the right the right players for the game Robbie McKenzie back but I guess it was bittersweet that David Tutonda came off was, was he just a, a slight sort of problem was it I don't know physio um, I, yeah I, I don't, honestly I don't know yeah. I don't know why he's come off okay. I don't know why, why, why just get on with it man okay. and just one thing about crew I think that was where it all started wasn't it home against crew for you Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, let's just another league two fixture, another, another, another tough game. Um, 
just take stock of I need to review take stock of today uh, need to let my, my kids enjoy Mother's Day uh, <laughs> tomorrow with their the mum and, and see my mother and, um, and then I need, I need to really focus on, on, on crew um, um, because that we're still in an extremely healthy position in the league um, but we need to make sure it stays that way and we do that by having better standards to training than what I saw Thursday and we will get a better outcome on match day. Well, a win that could move the Jills 10 points clear of relegation kickoff tonight is at 7.45. You'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll have details of the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, tomorrow morning and in-depth reaction in tomorrow's podcast. And Olympic hockey star Mary Hinch, who used to play for Holcombe in Rochester, has announced her retirement. You may recall the 34-year-old was goalkeeper when Team GB won gold at the Rio Olympics in 2016. She's described her career as a tremendous blessing. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.